My name is Keith Beavers, and I don't know if you knew this, but Star Wars is the human race's modern-day odyssey. <laughs> At me. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode two of Vine Pair's Wine 101 podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I'm the tastings director of Vine Pair. How y'all doing? So last time we learned how to see, swirl, sniff, and sip, and what's going on with your brain and how to focus on that. In this episode, we're going to focus even further in. We're going to talk about what does body even mean? What is tannin? What is structure? What is acidity? And what does it all mean? This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Dark Horse Wine. At Dark Horse Wine, we believe victory is yours to define. Now, I guess I would say destiny because I'm a Star Wars fan, but victory works. I get it. It's a horse thing. For us, it's about creating a great tasting wine at a reasonable price. We get the first pick of grapes from over 400 growers, and we taste our wine over 100 times from vine to bottle. The result is a collection of bold, flavorful wines that break the barriers, but not the bank. Feel me? That is our win. Those are our turns. Dark Horse, a taste of victory. I know it may be a little crazy seeing all those words in the title, like, oh my God, what, what's going on here? <laughs> but it's not that crazy. The thing is, the words structure, body, those are used often in the wine world to describe a wine. I know it's weird because wine is a liquid, so how does it have a body? And wine is a liquid. So how does it have structure? How do, how, how do you do that? But also in the title is the word acidity and the word tannin. And once we understand those two things, we can attach them to body and structure and tie it all up in a nice package for you. And this episode is going to be all about touch. You'll remember in the last episode we did, you look at the wine, you sniff the wine, swirl the wine or agitate the wine, then you sip the wine. It's all about the sip. And there are no aromas here, guys. This is all about literally the texture of the wine on your palate and all these words that are used in the industry and how you can apply them to what you're drinking because it's all about confidence. And by the end of this episode, that's all you're really going to have. It's just a whole bunch of confidence. So of all these words we're talking about today, acidity and tannin seem to be the more sciencey stuff. So let's get those out of the way. Then we'll talk about body and structure and how it all ties together. If you've ever had lemonade from freshly squeezed lemons, or if you've ordered a salad with a balsamic vinaigrette and they put a little bit too much balsamic vinaigrette on there, I have. <laughs> that sour, tart, and refreshing feeling, sensation you have on your palate, that's acid or acidity. It's the compound or element or dissolved solid in a liquid that brings the refreshment to that liquid. And what's interesting, whether you're drinking lemonade or consuming balsamic vinaigrette, they're almost the same amount of intense tart and sourness. Just one is a little bit lighter on the palate, which is lemonade, and one is a little bit heavier on the palate, which is balsamic vinegar. Keep that in mind. And acidity is one of the primary tastes that we have. Remember in the first episode, we talked about what the mouth assesses? Sweetness, saltiness, bitterness, umami, and acidity. And with lemonade and balsamic vinegar, you basically get it. Like you put it on your palate like, woo, it's tart. Woo, it's sour. Woo. And wine has natural acidity as well. 
We're going to get more in depth with acidity in the next few episodes, but for our purposes here, if you feel any refreshment with wine on your palate, white, red, orange, sweet, whatever, that's the natural acidity brightening up the wine. And the key to balancing acidity in a wine, this is for the winemakers, that's what they think about all the time, is getting that beautiful balance between the acidic character of a wine and the sweet and bitter sensations of the wine, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And you can kind of feel that with lemonade. If you make lemonade right, it has enough sugar, it kind of balances out the tartness. If you don't, there's not enough sugar, you're like, I, I can't, I can't talk because I'm all puckled up. And acidity in wine will be more and more apparent the more you drink and kind of just kind of think about the tartness. And just be real with yourself. Do you or do you not? If there's too much acidity in a wine, it's not like a lemon, but it's like, woo, it's intense. If there's too little acidity in wine, it's flabby and boring and just doesn't really have the vibrancy that it needs. I personally believe acidity is, if not one of the most important elements of wine, the most important element in wine. And you'll get to know how much I love acidity in wine as this podcast evolves and we get more and more into it. But the acidity of a wine does absolutely add and influence the ultimate texture of a wine. You ever have fresh cranberry juice or just cranberry juice? and feel that sort of like drying sensation when you're drinking it. It's like kind of grips the palate a little bit. Or have you steeped tea for too long? I do that all the time. I hate it so much. Even when I put a timer on. Okay, whatever. If you steep tea for too long and you drink it, there's that sort of drying sensation on the palate. That's tannin. Tannins are these complex compounds that are found in nature, specifically in the bark of trees and in many fruits. I mean, I mentioned cranberries, so obviously they're in cranberries, but they're also found in strawberries, mangoes, blackberries. Tannins are in everything. Also, they're in trees, like the redwood trees. The reason they're red is because of the tannin in the bark. Oak has tannin in it. We'll talk about that when we talk about aging wine. And wine lovers, the grape has tannin in it, which is for our purposes. The tannin in grapes reside in the skins, the seeds, and the stems of the grape bunch. And the word tannin, this is pretty cool, it derives from the process of tanning hides. Trappers used to use tannin from trees to apply to the hides to extract proteins out of the hide to dry the hide. And that natural process of drawing protein out, that happens on your palate. Because during the winemaking process, tannins are leached into the actual liquid of what will then, will soon be wine. And we're talking mostly about red wine here, guys, because white wine, there is tannin in white wine grapes, but just it doesn't express itself as much because of the way the wine is made, unless it's made like an orange wine. Oh, God. Oh, no. I said orange wine. Okay, everybody, calm down. That's going to be in the white wine making episode. It's going to be crazy. You're going to love it. But what's happening with a wine that has some tannin in it is when you put it onto your palate, it does exactly what it does to the hides of the animal skins. It draws protein out of your mouth and it forces your saliva glands to overcompensate for that extraction of protein. It dries out your mouth. And the level at which you can perceive this tannin, this drying out of the palate, depends on how much tannin is actually in the, the wine. And that depends on what grape or grapes the wine is made from. Also, oak trees contain tannin. So how long has a wine been under the influence of an oak barrel? You see, natural tannin in, in, in wine is this, again, it's like a dissolved solid. Through the winemaking process, tannins kind of dissolve into the wine and become part of the fabric of a wine. So we have acidity coming in, bringing that sour, tart, refreshing vibe. Then we have tannin coming in to kind of like bring a little bit of astringency, kind of a, I don't know, a framework or like, I don't know, maybe a structure? Whoa. 
Nice segue, bro. The structure of a wine refers to the tannin in the wine, and in addition to that, how intense those tannins are. And there's no such thing as small, medium, and full structure. It's just structure. When you're drinking a Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir does have tannin, but has such a small amount that you may not really perceive the structure like, oh, got it, got it. If you're drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon, that's different. You'll experience a significant amount of tannins. It'll make you think, oh, this wine has some structure. So that's what this really means. Structure is a word that is used in the wine world to, to, to talk about tannin. So when you hear it, you know, and you can jive with the convo. <laughs> you see, wine is, like I keep saying, it's complex as hell. So it's like all these things interact with each other. Like tannin does not live by itself. Acidity doesn't live by itself. It all interacts with everything in the wine to create an overall texture. And part of that texture is the body of a wine. And I think this is what everybody kind of really wants to know about, right? Light, medium, and full body. Like, what the hell does any of that mean? You know, in my career in wine, I've been in this thing for a couple decades, and every time I say this is a medium-bodied red wine, or a light-bodied red wine, people nod and smile, but they don't always get it because it's very confusing. What is it? What's the body of a wine? Again, it's liquid. How does this work? Well, the thing is we have to get a little sciencey, but it's cool. It, it'll, it'll work, I promise. The body of a wine is a term used to describe the perceived weight of a wine on the palate. It's a sensation of fullness or lack thereof, if you will. And that sensation of fullness is defined by the density and the viscosity of the wine. I know, sounds crazy, bear with me. So density is a concentration of matter, okay? And matter in wine is concentrated in dissolved solids. That's why it's a liquid. Sugar is a dissolved solid. You know, when you make a simple syrup, um, tannin dissolves into the dissolves into the wine. Uh, acidity dissolves into the wine. So these are these are organic things that have weight to them that dissolve into the wine, creating the density in the wine, which is denser than the water in the wine. I know that sounds crazy because wine is made up of three things basically, generally: alcohol, water, and dissolved solids. So really, the less organic material used to make a wine the less density you're going to get on the palate. A stark example is white wine versus red wine. Just like there's not, I mean, again, we'll talk about this when we talk about winemaking, but there's not a lot of organic material in the winemaking of white wine. There's a ton of organic material in the winemaking of red wine. There's a much bigger chance of a red wine having a bigger body than a white wine because of that. And as you drink more wine and start thinking about it, you know, you're going to kind of start, you're going to start to perceive the weight on the palate. It's going to be cool. And you, all you have to do is think about that weight that I'm feeling is there's, is just all the, the beauty of nature dissolving into the wine to give it weight. That's what, it, that's what it is. Now, I don't know about you, but when you, the word viscosity is always weird for me. It does like bring up some gross thoughts, slime and whatever you think is viscous, just viscous, right? That's a viscous. I mean, I guess I grew up in the eighties where like, you know, Ghostbusters. And I would get slime from like bubblegum machines and play with viscous slime all day long. But viscosity as a word basically just means um, how much a solution resists flow. 
of movement. So if you think about things we eat, honey is more viscous than maple syrup. Maple syrup is more viscous than simple syrup, and simple syrup is more viscous than water. So if you think about that, it makes sense, right? I mean, you put honey on your palate, you know there's a bit of a resistance. It's just, it's honey. It's slow-moving honey, <laughs> you know? And then my maple syrup is a little more, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the, the differences of resistance between those four examples is very different. Well, in wine, during fermentation, yeast is eating sugar, the natural sugar in wine, and converting it to alcohol. So in a resulting wine, there is something called residual sugar, which is sugars the yeast did not have a chance to convert, and alcohol. And what's wild is alcohol was once sugar, so they're very related. And alcohol is less dense than water, but more viscous than water. So that's why your palate is perceiving this viscosity through the alcohol and the residual sugar. So as, the, as a wine increases in alcohol, it often naturally increases in residual sugar. Therefore, the higher the alcohol, the more viscous a wine is going to feel on the palate. Okay, if that was all just a little bit intense, let's, let's put a real-world example here that you can actually do at home if you want to. So you take a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Then you take a Pinot Noir from the Russian River Valley in California. You put them side by side. You pop both, you pour them in a glass. When you sip the Pinot Noir from Willamette Valley, the first thing you're going to experience is it's a light wine. It's a nice light wine. It has really good acidity. There's that, there's that refreshment there. That's that little bit of tartness to it. You may actually get a little bit of tannin, but maybe not. The tannin and Pinot Noirs are often nice and woven in and very subtle and very soft, but you might, you might actually get a little bit of structure, mostly from if it has oak aging. And you turn the label around and you look and it says about 13.5% alcohol. So you're, you're, you're basically drinking uh, an average alcoholic wine with good acidity and subtle tannins. Now you take a sip of the Russian River Valley Pinot Noir. Same grape, grown in different areas of the country, but same variety. When you sip this Pinot Noir, you're like, whoa, this is very different. Immediately you will think this is not as light and bright as the Pinot Noir I just had. There's something different here. And you'll slosh it around in your mouth and you'll realize there's a viscosity. There's a slight resistance on the tongue and it's, it has this fullness to it and it's darker. And is that tannin? This is a full-bodied Pinot Noir. But then you turn the label around and look at the alcohol. This Pinot Noir has 14.5% alcohol. The Pinot Noir you just had a sip of was 13.5% alcohol. The increase in percentage of alcohol, which naturally would increase the residual sugar of the wine, gives a perception of fullness. In addition to all the other stuff, giving the density. The density of both Pinots may be the same, but because of that alcohol, the heaviness is more, is more, it's more perceived in the palate. You could even do this for white wine. You get a Chardonnay that has a 12 to 13% alcohol. Then you get a Chardonnay that's going up to 14.5 or 15%. They can get that high. And you taste both of them side by side. And the Chardonnay with the higher alcohol is going to feel a lot fuller. So that's body. Now, guys, I'm going to say this, and I might get killed for this in the wine world, but this whole light, medium, and full body thing, it's confusing. 
it's a sliding scale. It's weird. Some people say this is a wonderful light to medium body. But like, well, but the bitch, pick one. But you can't. So I think just experiencing the wine on your palate, just get a sense of what it is. Do you enjoy the weight of a wine on your palate? Do you want something more refreshing? Do you dig the weight? Do you dig the intensity? What what do you like? The more you taste, the more you can assess what you like because now you have a really good roadmap to what you're actually tasting. And getting a sense of the body of a wine is cool, but you don't have to like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like this is a medium body wine. So I was like, I don't think so. Well, I do. It's not really about that. It's about these are, this was a, this is language we try to use in the industry to explain things to the consumer. It obviously doesn't really work all the time. So understanding what it all means just kind of helps you get confident in wine so that you don't have to worry so much about this stuff. So all that stuff I just talked about, acidity, tannin, structure, body, it all is interrelated. Everything in wine interacts with each other to create the character and texture of a wine. We talked about aromas last time. All with all this, aromas happening when all this is happening. So it's this is the overall texture. So when when you when you talk about a wine, you can say, "Hey, this is re- I like the texture of this wine." Someone's like, "Why do you like the texture?" Well, I like the structure of the tannins. You can say words like it's nice and grippy. Then you can say things like, "You know, I really enjoy the weight on the palate. I like there's a slight viscosity to the wine." And then you're like, you know, I enjoy also that the acidity is good. It doesn't brighten the wine up too much, but it's there and it kind of helps the viscosity and the heaviness of the wine kind of not overwhelm the palate. See, now you're using these words like structure, understanding viscosity and all this stuff that you can use to describe the wine instead of really saying medium to full body. I mean, you can say it if you want, but medium, light and medium to full body is kind of subjective in the end, isn't it? And I know I say this a lot, but it all comes with time, guys. Tasting wine, you have to experience the extremes, or not the extremes, but you have to experience the different styles on your palate and, 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 and recognize them before you're actually able to say, oh, I know this stuff. And that's the cool thing about wine. All you have to do is drink more wine. That's the best part about learning about wine. You're just going to listen to my podcast <laughs> and then, you know, think about it. It'll come, it'll click. It's an amazing thing when it hits. You're like, Damn, I got it. And with this knowledge, wine will be more fun. Grab wine from anywhere in the world. Just kind of get a sense of it. You know, it's not really about where it's from or what grapes it's made of. Just grab it, drink it, understand these things, and then you can start to get your own. I mean, you're really going to start getting your preferences. You're really going to start to gain confidence and understand why on a level that you've never had before. It's really awesome. All right. I could ramble on for another 20 minutes, but we got more episodes to get to, guys. We're going to talk next week about the vine. Because that's where it all begins, right? What is the vine? What's a vineyard? How do grapes grow? How do we even start this stuff? This is going to be an awesome episode, guys. Get ready. Now for some credits. How about that? Wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mellon. I also want to thank Daniel Grinberg for making the most legit Wine 101 logo. And I gotta thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I wanna thank the Vine Pear staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 was sponsored by Dark Horse Wine. At Dark Horse Wine, we believe victory is yours to define. For us, it's about creating a great tasting wine at a reasonable price. 
We get the first pick of grapes from over 400 growers, and we taste our wine over 100 times from vine to bottle. The result is a collection of bold, flavorful wines that break barriers, but not the bank. That is our win. Those are our terms. Dark Horse Wine, the taste of victory.